Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Forum 2000 Online Chats. My name is Rishabh Santelia from the European Programme for Integration and Migration based in Brussels. And we're here today with Masha Volinsky from the Agency for Migration and Adaption in Prague in the Czech Republic. Welcome, Masha. Hi, thank you so much. We're going to be talking to Masha today about the situation of Ukrainian refugees in Central and Eastern Europe, particularly in Prague and the Czech Republic. Uh, this is, of course, as a follow-up to a recently published Forum 2000 brief on the way forward for Ukrainian refugees in Central and Eastern Europe. And the brief itself resulted from a roundtable discussion at the 26th Forum 2000 conference held in Prague in September this year uh, that was co-hosted by Adam. Masha was at the roundtable and served as a source of information for the brief as well. Masha, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Uh, could we begin by asking you to introduce Amiga and the important work that you are doing in this context? Sure, sure. Uh, so Amiga is a, a migrant-founded uh, and a migrant-led organization based in Prague. Um, we've been around for about uh, 12 years, um, uh, working on integration through volunteering and um, other sort of participatory community methods um, to improve integration of migrants in Czech society. Uh, and since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, we have focused our efforts on providing um, mental health and psychosocial support to Ukrainian refugees coming into the Czech Republic. Um, our work focuses on Prague primarily, but we are also communicating with partners around the country. And uh, we've also been lucky to form um, a team of uh, actually Ukrainian uh, refugee psychologists who are helping their country people in this difficult time. Thanks, Masha. Masha, as my first question, could you identify some of the key current issues that you are seeing um, in your work um, on Ukrainian refugees in Prague? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Uh, I will start maybe with the most pressing issue um, that uh, is particularly uh, difficult now that winter is coming, and that's the issue of housing. Um, in the beginning of the crisis, um, uh, most refugees were, were placed into housing that was uh, free or that was sort of very um, um, cheap. Uh, a lot of Czech families uh, took, in, uh, took in refugees into their homes or into their uh, spare apartments. Uh, now uh, we're in almost the 10th month of, of, of the war and most refugees are losing their accommodation, whether it's uh, in private homes or in mass accommodations that are mostly closing down now. And the accommodation crisis was here uh, partly even before the war. Uh, there was a uh, there was an issue for for many Czechs to find accommodation. Um, prices are, are are very high right now, um, and there are very few solutions that are being offered um, that would help refugees not end up on the streets. Um, next issue is probably education. Uh, a lot of children, I'd say, majority of uh, Ukrainian refugee children entered school in September. Um, but not all. Uh, there are not enough places for certain age groups. Uh, and uh, for example, for children with special education needs, uh, very often Czech schools are not able to accommodate them. Um, and uh, at the same time, there is a, uh, there's an adaptation problem. Schools are not 
uh, not all schools are well prepared for a large number of students uh, that don't speak Czech. Uh, there are not enough assistants. There's not enough preparation for, for teachers. Uh, classes are already overpopulated uh, and it creates a huge strain on the education system. Uh, and uh, maybe the last, uh, the last issue I would mention uh, would be healthcare. Uh, which, uh, although the uh, the Czech government uh, offered um, refu all refugees uh, uh, free uh, health uh, health care and health insurance in the beginning, um, there's still a great lack of doctors, uh, both for adults and for children. Um, again, this is not an issue that's new. This is something that uh, Czechs themselves were facing before the war. Um, there's a lack of specialists. Um, there are long waiting lines for uh, specialized healthcare. And when you are uh, in crisis, when uh, your uh, physical health and mental health are so uh, linked, as is the case for uh, very many refugees, uh, sometimes waiting for two, three months to see a neurologist or another specialist is very dangerous. Um, and this is something that's also difficult to, to address because we can't just come up with hundreds of new doctors uh, overnight. Uh, so those three things, I'd say housing, education, and healthcare are particularly problematic right now. Thank you, Masha. Uh, before we do a deep dive into mental health um, and psychosocial support, perhaps some clarification would be of use to our listeners and viewers. Uh, Masha, could you talk a little bit more about the cyclical nature of the movement of Ukrainian refugees uh, within Central and Eastern Europe uh, and why this is so important to your work or how it affects uh, decisions that policymakers make? Uh, we know that many came um, to the region in, in spring and ended up going back to Ukraine in the summer and are now returning to the region for the winter. Uh, so how does this affect, uh, you know, decision-making on the ground? Hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, this is very different. This is something that definitely separates this population of refugees from uh, those we've seen before. Um, it's not just uh, cyclicity that you mentioned, but it's the fact that uh, sometimes, uh, for example, um, uh, grandparents come with their very often daughters and grandchildren in the beginning, that many of them did leave in the spring and summer. Um, now some of them are coming back. This creates one of the issues on the very ground level. This creates a lot of instability for these families. Um, sometimes parents go back, uh, not having found uh, jobs here um, in order to maintain their, their uh, family budgets. They have to... Um, uh, surprisingly return to Ukraine. Um, sometimes they leave their children behind with other carers and that creates um, a lot of issues in our work particular uh, because these are children who uh, very often are, you know, without, without their parents, they're without um, sort of protection. They feel abandoned once again, having left their home countries suddenly uh, now being alone um, alone in this country or just let's say with grandparents or, or external carers. Um, this also creates a problem um, administratively, of course, uh, because there is um, sort of the movement creates, I think, chaos for the generally slow moving um, 
bureaucratic machine. It creates a lot of, uh, I think, skepticism from the side of Czech authorities. Um, we have seen this in the summer when uh, uh, rules have became stricter uh, for um, uh, payments to refugees because there was this uh, uh, there was this uh, skepticism about whether refugees receiving uh, government sub subsidies are actually living in the Czech Republic. Um, and also it creates issues with things like uh, health insurance and healthcare, where refugees who have left, uh, they lost their right to health insurance. Sometimes they don't register when they get back um, and then they need to go to a doctor and they're unable to receive health care. Masha, clearly all that movement poses a challenge to people's mental health uh, and exposes them to multiple traumas. Uh, people were here in the spring, they went back, um, and now they're back again for the winter, potentially exposed to the ravages of war. Um, can you talk a little bit more about Amiga's work specifically on mental health and how you're supporting people, and especially people with multiple traumas? Mm -hmm. Maybe let me touch on mental health first. Um, uh, of course, these movements back and forth, separations of families, uncertainty about the future, uh, about the possibility of either stabilizing here, staying here, adapting, or returning to Ukraine. All of this puts a great strain on mental health of refugees, which uh, frankly really poses a, a problem for their potential uh, integration in this country, uh, for their ability to find and hold down jobs, for um, their ability to um, take care of their families, uh, find accommodation, things that are very practical, but are also very difficult when you're uh, under a lot of psychological strain. We're seeing, of course, more people coming in uh, with post-traumatic stress symptoms. Um, in some ways, maybe even more uh, than, than in the spring. Um, these are not just people who are coming from places that are being bombed right now, but also people from the deoccupied areas who spend months under Russian occupation. And that's very difficult work um, that requires a long um, a therapeutic process, uh, very often psychiatric uh, interventions as well. And here we get to a particularly difficult issue uh, in our work because mm, psych psychiatric uh, help here is, uh, is available, is a uh, very good quality, but they're very, they're not enough specialists. Um, Czechs are used to waiting months uh, to see a psychiatrist. Um, and that's something that's very difficult in this kind of emerging situation. Um, in addition to the fact that Ukrainians are not used to this, uh, because in Ukraine, uh, especially in cities, uh, healthcare is available much faster uh, and much more on demand uh, than in this country. Um, so that's uh, that's the healthcare sort of very brief overview of um, the healthcare challenges. Thanks, Marsha. You raise a good point uh, about complexities so that naturally segues to my next question. Um, this refugee crisis is a deeply complex challenge that requires skilled coordination between many different stakeholders, civil society, like in your case, government, local authorities, academia, and even the private sector. And now we've seen some of this emerged so far, and as EPIM, we've made it a priority, uh, trying to fund and support multi-stakeholder coalitions. Uh, I was wondering if you had examples of multi-stakeholder partnerships uh, that are currently taking place uh, in the work in Prague, 
uh, and perhaps where such partnerships were needed going forward? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I would mention uh, two uh, two positive examples. There was a Mm, uh, a sort of emergency working group that was f- formulated on the uh, level of uh, on the ministry level, where the Ministry of um, Labor and Social Affairs, together with the Ministry of Interior, uh, actually uh, had regular meetings uh, with um, government stakeholders, with uh, nonprofit uh, organizations, uh, and others, uh, and that worked quite well, uh, particularly in the beginning of the crisis. Um, the nonprofit sector, headed by um, by the Migration Consortium, uh, also sort of formed its own um, emergency uh, emergency response. Uh, the, these are meeting; these meetings are still going on, and uh, they try to involve as many different stakeholders, not just nonprofits who have traditionally worked uh, in the migration field, but all new new actors who have entered this, um, uh, who are trying to help in this issue. Um, uh, but uh, I think that there's still a, a lot to be done on the munis- municipal level, for sure, uh, particularly Prague, but also other larger cities around the country that are facing, have faced uh, for the past eight months or so, a bigger intake uh, of, um, of refugees. There's definitely not enough um, uh, cooperation between different departments. Uh, so very often issues, let's say, connected to education are being resolved only by the education department, which, uh, in my opinion, is not very functional. All of these issues are interdepartmental. Uh, they have to involve, uh, let's say, the Department of Social Affairs, Department of Housing. Um, and uh, that ha- I have not seen that happen. Uh, although, let's say, the Prague City Hall has invested uh decent amount of uh, finances into the Ukrainian response. Uh, but uh, this kind of cooperation that would involve various actors that would help on the uh, municipal level and on the smaller sort of, um, uh, and in smaller municipalities as well, uh, that would be incredibly helpful in my opinion. Thanks, Marsha. That's really insightful. Uh, my last question then to you before I sum up and perhaps an interesting one. Uh, one thing FM has done over the last few years is prioritize groups that are led by migrants um, in the sector. Um, I understand that you yourself are a migrant from the former Soviet Union, as are most of your colleagues at Amiga. Um, could you tell us more about how that came about and you know, why migrant-led groups like yours have been so vital to this response and perhaps why uh, you know, they, they're able to work better with Ukrainian refugees than, say, in comparison to other groups that are not migrant-led? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, let me let me try to unpack this. So, um, yeah, I'm a migrant myself. I'm actually twice a migrant, both from Soviet Union and from the United States. Um, and uh, everybody in our on our team is, uh, although some of us have Czech passports, we're all migrants uh, who've lived here for sometimes for for very long. Um, and I think definitely in this crisis, um, we are uh, uh, sometimes more flexible and maybe are able to much quicker assess the needs um, of of 
the refugees or of anybody or any migrant in need. Um, and we're able to be a bit more flexible maybe. Um, and this might be because of our size, because we're relatively small. Um, but it also, I think, is about sort of being able to communicate uh, with refugees in their own language, uh, within their own cult cultural sphere. Um, I think that has uh, proved to be incredibly helpful. And uh, I think, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we have a team of actually Ukrainian um, uh, Ukrainian psychologists. Uh, and obviously, that's a that's a great uh, headway into into the refugee community. The refugees themselves, uh, they're able to offer help uh, uh, and they're able to also communicate with us the particular needs and particular uh, maybe uh, culturally sensitive issues that even we might not be aware of because we're, you know, we've been living here for for a long time. Uh, and at the same time, it, we have the benefit of having friends and colleagues in Czech organizations, um, which helps us sort of integrate these issues much more um, into the Czech sphere. Um, and I think that is something that is also very much missing, uh, although attempts have been made, um, but I think much greater participation of refugees and uh, migrants in general in discussing these issues um, on the municipal level, on the ministry level, even on the government level, um, would be, I think, helpful in the future because uh, these are the people who can best define the needs, uh, but can also offer sometimes much more maybe flexible solutions to certain problems. Um, the Ukraine since uh, 2014 uh, has dealt uh, with crisis basically nonstop. And they actually have a lot of interesting approaches, interesting ways of dealing uh, with crisis situations that we are trying to learn from. And maybe these could be learning points as well for, uh, for Czech, uh, uh, for Czech uh, uh, cities and, and governments as well. Thanks, Masha. That's really great. Finally, uh, to close out, and I realize this is a bit of a difficult task, could I ask you to summarize with three key takeaways? Um, I know it's an extremely fluid situation. We're now at the end of November, uh, and we still have potentially more people coming in over the winter as the situation worsens in Ukraine. Um, what, what, you know, what should we be keeping an eye on uh, over the next 90 days? Uh, you know, where are policymakers going to be focused? Where does funding need to be focused? What are you looking at as in terms of civil society? Uh, and, you know, what should our listeners be looking out for? I think one thing that uh, will be really important going forward is actually assessing what has been done already, uh, understanding what we were able to learn. There was a great and in many ways very successful effort to uh, welcome and to, uh, at least from the beginning, settle um, refugees in this country. There may be more coming, although I don't want to be alarmist, but uh, people are in a desperate situation right now in Ukraine. Uh, and we, it would be good not to close this chapter and say, okay, been there, done that, now we're moving on, but to really learn from it, to understand what was done well, uh, what we can improve on. Uh, and use that in the coming months. Uh, another, I think, uh, uh, thing I would 
improve. Uh, as I mentioned, housing is a huge problem uh, in, in many respects uh, and for most uh, refugees. And I think this needs to be addressed better. There needs to be a better, a greater involvement of um, commercial actors, potentially, uh, and uh, communication between governments and um, and commercial actors. Um, and maybe the third thing would be to, uh, and you know, again, this is <laughs> this is our issue. So uh, this is something that's on my mind um, to pay greater attention to mental health of refugees, not just adults, children as well, who, uh, although are very often more maybe um, uh, malleable, maybe more flexible than adults are, but they're also facing a very difficult situation, having to adapt to schools in a foreign country, having to watch their parents worry about what is happening in Ukraine, what is happening here. Um, I think there needs to be a an effort, not just for the refugees, for the local population as well. Um, I think mental health needs of the Czech Republic and of the Czech public is uh, are also quite great. And it would be wonderful to see a better integration of mental health services, uh, not just for refugees, but for the whole of Czech society. Um, I think I'll leave it at that, although there are many other, uh, I think, points I could mention. But if I had to mention three, this would be it. Thank you very much for this enlightening conversation, Marsha, on a very important um, and somber topic. Uh, and thank you all for watching this edition of the Forum 2000 Online Chats. And please stay tuned for more. Thank you.